Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Kathy, would you ask God's blessing tonight? I should have opened my notes before I started too here, so give me just a minute here. I guess I got distracted, I guess that's what that is. I always take my Bible with me just in case this tech fails. So Bible I I'm sorry, that's and my notes are on this outline here. Now, everybody should have an outline. Yes, sir. And you got the questions early tonight for uh, our inter- introduction discussion. Um, what two Old Testament stories did Jesus use to illustrate his sermon? Okay, and you know that's what he did. Okay, he illustrated his sermon with two Old Testament stories, which are. Yeah, if you couldn't hear, if you remember, Zarephath is a place. It's not a name. What's the name of a place? Uh, So, uh, and uh, Naaman, I I don't know how to pronounce it. Alex was giving me some schooling on pronunciation a while ago, and I failed it (laughs) immensely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think he was trying to tell me how Simon is pronounced, okay? All right, uh, what did those two people have in common? Uh, Jesus uh, uh, used those two. Oh, 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 oh. What? Yes, oh, come on now, come on now, yeah. So uh, they, they, they were both Gentiles, uh, which, here's the thing, the, the, his, his congregation, the, the synagogue, all knew these stories. And when he, yeah, and if, like, if, if you were talking about those two stories, they, they'd say, amen, 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 you know, everything. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they'd be going, okay. When they found out how he used those stories, they would make every effort to kill him. Now, they're serious, okay? They make every effort to kill him. If you don't, uh, oh, this, what the other? Yeah, oh, I already did, I just did the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I get the flabbing up here. So, all right. <clears throat> oh, I, I like that. I, I like that, yeah. Uh, so so how how did they try to kill him? Or their response, their, what was their response is, is to kill Jesus? Yeah. Um, Kill the messenger. That's what they're going to do. Uh, kill, kill the messenger. And uh, who? We, we kind of hinted at it. Hinted at it. Hinted. Why would they want to kill the messenger for using Bible text that they all knew? They all knew the text. Why would they want to try to kill him for him using that? 
Put two, uh, yeah, I'm asking you to put two and two together. We already said all this, okay. I'm sorry? Yes. Say that again. And sometimes we forget that about the Old Testament. Every once in a while in the Old Testament, you'll get a clear glimpse that God is concerned about the Gentiles as well as he is the Jews. Sometimes we forget that. The whole story of Nineveh is about that. And Jonah, yeah. It's about God reaching out to Gentiles. And Jonah said, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, every once in a while, you'll see a glimpse of God in the Old Testament is, is concerned uh, about Gentiles. Okay, well, tonight we'll uh, start in where what we didn't finish last week, and that's uh, the healing of Simon's, the healing of Simon's mother-in-law. I, I got all this crazy... When I read the text, I know I do. I'm sorry. Now, Simon Peter is supposed to be the first pope. No, I'm, I, I just want to say, Simon Peter is supposed to be. I'm sorry? Yeah. And now he's got a mother-in-law. So we know that what? That Simon Peter's married. Now this, there, there's another uh, indication in the New Testament about Simon Peter and his wife and all, all that kind of thing. So, but I didn't want to uh, go into that one. So, but, but just to say, you know, that how, how do we know that Simon Peter's married? It's just because Jesus healed mother-in-law here. It's not something they think they ought to write down, like do a short biography of Simon yeah, they, they just didn't think about that, okay? That's why you, you would wonder, how do I, how do I fill the story? Sometimes you don't have the information, and, and it's not there. It's, not, it's, it's just not there, because they didn't think it was important. And if they didn't, I'm, I'm going with them that, okay, it wasn't important. You know? But here, you know, he healed. Now, it doesn't say how many kids that he had. <laughs> now, that's another problem. How many of you got kids? You got kids? Uh, You get them for life. You know that. (laughs) I mean, you don't like just get them and you you raise them. No, you get them for life. I shouldn't say that. You know, I should. I say that tongue in cheek. You know, as I, I, I really like. I got to where I like the kids. (laughs) Joan had them, and they were around the house a lot. But I finally got to where I liked them. <laughs> uh, but it should make you think that Simon Peter had more going on than just fishing. He had responsibilities. He he had a wife and probably had a bunch of kids. And that's just the way life was supposed to be for them. And that's, that's what they look for. Okay, so uh, uh, Jesus left the synagogue. Now, I don't know how much emphasis 
I was really kind of working on that uh, to, to, to uh, follow Luke, and I don't know how much emphasis he's making with that, but he left the synagogue, and we'll, we'll, we'll find out tonight he is taking now his preaching on the road now. He's preaching to crowds and not just at the synagogues, okay? Uh, so that, that will happen tonight, and I don't know if, if, if Luke is trying to, to say something and get you ready for that now that Jesus is going to leave the synagogues, okay? And, and went to the home of Simon. And again, it doesn't tell us the depth of the relationship that Jesus already has with Simon Peter. Uh, so, but evidently, he has this relationship with Simon Peter, okay? Uh, and, and it's already established how deep it is, what it is. Uh, we don't have all that. He's going to appear here, uh, especially the next chapter, Okay. Uh, home of Simon Peter. Now, uh, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. Well, that's normal. Jesus has been healing people, and, and they, they make him aware that she's in the house and she's sick. She's got some kind of infection or virus or something, and said she's, you know, she's got a fever, and will you help her? And he, he bent over her and rebuked the fever. And I like this talk. You, okay. Uh, be, because Jesus said, say to this mountain. <laughs> that, that's where I'm going with that, okay? And, and so he, he talks to inanimate objects. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's very, very good. I, I just take a lesson. He, he, rebu he rebuked the fever, not the woman, you know, the, the fever, Okay. It's, and I, I like that kind of talk. So I, I would use that in my prayers and, in my, and try to incorporate it into my thinking if I were you because I really do work on that, okay? Uh, who, somebody told Joan, did you ever say something? I forget what it was. Did you ever tell it to go away or, or something of that nature? And No, I, I got it wrong. What, what it was it, huh? All right, yeah, tell the devil, report to Jesus. Yes, just tell him. Wow. Hey, Jesus talked to you. Know, Jesus said, one place, be gone, and guess what? <laughs> I'd give it a try. <laughs> I just would if I were you. Just, I mean, what do you got to lose? Okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he bent over her and rebuked the fever and left her, and she got up, and once... And began, she got up at once and, and began to, to wait on them. Uh, really good lesson right there is to use your health to serve. Very good lesson right there. Use your health when you get it, if you, if you got it. And as we, most of us here has got a few years on us, we're getting long in the tooth and smooth mouth. Uh, so... Does anybody know what smooth mouth means? Who who's that? Gareth knows. Jerry knows. Okay. All right. That it, health is so important, and is to to be thankful when you get it. It is by the grace of God that you have it. I think about that in my age and. And, and where I'm at in life and that kind of thing. And, and I, 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 I'm so thankful to be here. 
Okay, it, it is a privilege. All of humanity didn't, didn't live as long as I lived. Okay, you get that. And so I don't take that for granted. And, uh, but you use your health to serve. And that, that's what you do. At sunset, the people uh, brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laid hands on each one of them. He healed them. Now, why did they wait till uh, sunset to bring, to bring the people? Too hot during the day. Too hot during the day. You don't travel during the day. If, if you live in some, some places in the world, what do you do in the afternoon? <laughs> it's a siesta time. <laughs> Find a shade tree and get under it. Take your nap. Yeah. Plenty of time to work. Plenty of hours of work, okay? So take your... No. Yeah. And it might have been the Sabbath. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. After sunset, ending the Sabbath, led to the Sabbath. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, did we cover everything there? We have not covered everything. We got more reading to do, I think. Yeah. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, uh, You are the Son of God. Uh, It's, this is a big issue, especially in uh, the book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark. Uh, they even, uh, Bible scholars have even given this a name. They call it the Messianic Secret. It doesn't explain anything. It just tries to give nice big words for it. But, and and I, I'm not, I wouldn't stick to my guns on this one, okay? It, you, you see that the demon says the truth. Now, by the way, this is in the book of Acts as well. This is recorded. This kind of thing is recorded in the book of Acts. Uh, one, the best I've heard is, I've said about this, is Jesus didn't want salvation to come from the mouth of a demon. Okay? That it had to come from the scriptures. And so he, he wouldn't allow that, okay? And it, it happens other places too, but, but even though this is true, it's just not to be. It should not be, okay? Uh, but, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. See, they know that. Demons know this, and, and they, they try to say that, and uh, it's not acceptable. Just hush up. Get back underneath the house. Go to get it. Get out of here. Okay. Uh, so at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Now, this is where I think he's trying to get away from the crowds. Yeah, I may, I may not have this really down pat, but Jesus is trying to get away from the crowds. Um, the, the crowds see him as a healer. Okay. And that's not why he came. Healing is fine, and it's good, and thank God when you get it, you got it. 
but, th but that's not why he came. And he's going to tell them. And the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. You see? Yeah. And, and you'll see the disciples, they, they want to keep him too. And he's got to tell them, I got to go. I got to go. Turn me loose. I got to go. He, he, he tells them that. And so but once you get Jesus, you want to keep him. <laughs> and you can't keep him. You got to give him away. <laughs> That's good stuff. Okay, but you you see they want to be. But he said, "I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent." Now, if you go, why Jesus came? If you was, if, if you let him tell you, that's what he tells you here. Uh, to me, it's a little clearer in the book of Mark. In, uh, in the first chapter, I think it's in verse 38 that, that it's in Mark. He says, because that is why I came out. It was the way they uh, want to translate that in many, uh, in many translations. But that's why he came. He didn't come to be a healer, although he can heal. And he will heal. We're going to work on a couple of uh, those healings tonight, okay? Um, but, uh, but what did he come? He come to proclaim... And, and this is the first time in the book of, of Luke that the kingdom is mentioned, is, is right here. And so you're, well, we're in the fourth chapter in uh, uh, verse 43. Yeah, uh, before uh, the kingdom is mentioned in the book of Luke. And there's, there, there, there's mentioned there. Uh, but that's why uh, I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. And so he, he just kept on preaching. Why is he preaching? That's why he came. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's work on it. Why is he preaching? Because that's why he came. That's what he's doing here. What is he preaching? The kingdom of God. That's what he's God is making an appearance that hasn't been before, and that is in his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? All right, uh, now we'll move on to, uh, is this Roman numeral two now? Or did we read everything now? Uh, for, yeah, okay, for, 44, okay, Roman numeral two. Calling the first disciples. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gesseret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out from the shore. Now, if you were just reading this, you would think this may be the first time that they had met or something like that. That's why I wanted to bring it up uh, with, with the other one, uh, that we just don't know what the relationship was between Jesus and Simon. We, and we're going to see it develop here, uh, but we don't know what it is up to this point. Uh, maybe he, when he was in that area, he stayed with Simon Peter. I, don't, I do not know. Um, obviously, he was staying with Simon Peter. Uh, how often he did that, we don't know. 
Uh, they were, okay, uh, he got in the boat, uh, one boat beside me, okay. Uh, then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, this is the, the normal posture of a Pharisee or a rabbi when they're teaching is to sit down. We stand up most of the time. I, I like standing up because I get nervous and I want to move around a little bit and that kind of thing, okay? So I, I, like, I like standing up. Um, and, and we hold this uh, idea uh, yet today of great teachers. Like if, if, if you're in some universities, they'll have, like they call them chairs. Have you heard of those? You know, they'll have, yeah, a chair of uh, philosophy or something like that. Um, and uh, so, so we, we, we still hold that idea of setting down while you teach. And that's what Jesus did. It's, it's like he wanted this to, to be the podium and uh, just get him out on the lake a little ways, and I'll keep a little distance between him and the crowd, and he can see more people. I, I don't know all that's in, involved in this, but, uh, but, he, but he, he gets in the boat, telling me to uh, cast out a little bit. Then he sat down and taught the people. Uh, when he had finished speaking, he said to, to Simon, put out, into the, oh, put out into the deep water and let down your nets, for a catch. My son, we used to go fishing with him quite a bit. He, he did some commercial fishing. And he said, now, Dad, this is fishing. This isn't catching. <laughs> He'd remind me right away, just, just in case I didn't know that we're going fishing, we're not going catching. <laughs> okay. But here, what are they doing? They're going catching. <laughs> they actually are. That's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to go catching. Uh, so so you, you got the idea, okay? They, they, all right, let's go, uh, let's go to our next. Uh, uh, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. He's, he's, do you see his resistance? See his, it, it's, it's like there's a refusal. I want you to use that as a re, refusal. That, that, yeah, the, it's resistance, but it's a, it's a refusal. Again, I, again, I thought Dwayne did such a good job. It seems like in a, yeah, when he, when he went over uh, the, the guys that were telling Jesus about on the road to Emmaus, you know, yeah, Dwayne did a really good job with that, I thought. Um, but but you had, it seems like the people who know the least think they know the most. Have you seen that? It's like a phenomenon. And so they, they you know, in, in that one day we're arguing with Jesus, they tell Jesus, are you the only one that doesn't know this? And you be <laughs> And so here he, he wants to tell Jesus about fishing, okay? Well, we, and we have because of anything. Well, because you say so. Because you just have to have it your way. And uh, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. I tried to visualize this, say, these small boats and, trying to get the fish on, and, and 
I, I, these were not nylon nets, you know that. And so I couldn't, I couldn't really see, how, you know, how good were these nets and that kind of thing. And, and so they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Yeah, so they got they they got a really good thing going now. Hey, okay. And Peter saw this and he fell at Jesus' knees and said, "Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man." We don't have any problem dealing with sin, guys. But and we're going to see Jesus speak to him in a minute. Okay, but it just, it just seems easy for us to talk about being sinful. It just seems easy, okay? And I'm not sure we do that right. I'm not sure Simon Peter has this right here, okay? We'll see in a minute, okay? We'll, we'll read the text in a minute, okay? Well, let's do it. Let's, get on. let's go ahead and read the text, and then we'll come back and talk about it at the end. Let's go. <coughs> For he had all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had. And so were James and John and Zebedee and Simon's partners when Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Now, Jesus didn't speak to his sin. What did he speak to? His fears. He said, don't be afraid. See, I, I got this idea that Simon Peter's problem here is it's not that he's a sinful person. I mean, I, I mean that's pretty simple. We're, we're all sinners, okay. The problem is not that, then, then it must be something else. It's he, because, because Jesus speaks to his fears, not his sin. And I love it when the pastor, Rod, says, you know, it's not a sin question anymore. I love when he does that. I just love it. Not a sin question. And it's not here. Simon Peter wants to make it that because I think he's hiding behind something. Remember the woman we did from the woman, the widow of Zarephath? She had an issue that didn't come up till way later. Do you remember? And what'd she say? I got, I, have you come to disclose my sin to me? And that's what was bothering her all along is she had this, Sin that she was hiding. Well, here, Jesus says it's not the sin, it's the fear. If anything in our lives need to speak to is our fears. Amen? And the things that we're afraid of now, what's Simon Peter afraid of? Well, he used to be a good fisherman, but he's not anymore. Jesus is. <laughs> oh, come on. That was good. <laughs> Pastor God. <laughs> and here's the thing about Jesus. I know. I, it's an issue with me. I know, too. The, the thing about Jesus is if you hang around Jesus very long, you get to see where you're messing up. <laughs> no, you do. That's the, one of the things about having a relationship with Jesus Christ is you learn about your character flaws. 
And that's why Jesus needs to tell us every once in a while, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I don't know what you do when, when you get afraid. If I get ashamed or something like that, I go hide. I hide. That's what I do. And that's what, oh, I know you don't think so, honey. I understand that, okay? I know you don't think so. For, for instance, if I fall down some, let's say I fall down in the dust someplace, okay? As soon as I can, I'm going to jump back up, brush myself off, and then I'll look to see if anybody saw me. <laughs> huh? Yeah. That's Simon Peter. Okay? And he has to, he has to overcome his fears when it, when it comes to, uh, to this relationship with Jesus. Because he's not only going to make a mistake about the fishing, he's going to make a mistake about a lot of other things in his life. And, but thanks be to God, he helps us uh, to, to deal with them and, and to overcome them. But you, but you have to overcome your fears. And everybody else is watching here too. Did, I guess you picked up on James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon's partners. Uh, uh, and he said, don't be afraid now. You, you'll fish for people. And they pulled their boats up on the shore and left everything and followed him. And I, uh, I, I love that. Uh, I, I hope you all have a sense of following Jesus in some form. Okay. It is terribly, terribly frightening to do that when you step out. It's terribly frightening but it is also exciting and exhilarating. And let that happen to you. What did they leave? They left everything. Some of them left their daddy's business that they'd been in maybe all their lives, and uh, their dad was hoping that they'd carry on the business, and what did they do? They left to follow Jesus. That's what they did. And you can imagine the expectations around there. And what about Simon Peter's wife? What's she going to do? especially with all them kids. What, what, what's she going to do? Man, you got to work this out. You have to work this out. That's what you got to do. You have to find a way to work this out. And, uh, and thank God we can do that, and we got Jesus to help us to do that. This is uh, calling the first disciples here. This is what we're uh, starting with. If we get to it, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do at least, at least another one. Okay, now, uh, this, this is also the passage in which Jesus shifts from the synagogues to the crowds. So he's not only preaching in the synagogues, which he'll continue to do time again, uh, but he's, he's preaching to the crowds now. Uh, out, we'll say out in the highways and the byways of life. It, uh, it's, it's not a uh, formal, like you would in the synagogue, construction of uh, preaching, but it's... Uh, out in the synagogues. Uh, I don't know, Heidi, if you guys do much of that in, in Kenya or not, preaching. Um, I, I went to Kenya to uh, uh, develop mission work. That was how I saw what I was doing there, okay? And uh, they thought I was on a preaching tour. So every place we, every place we went, they... They wanted you to preach, 
Well, just preach. <laughs> it may, I, but I didn't know that going in, okay? Uh, the other thing I didn't, speaking of that, that I didn't know was so important till I got there too was the driver. That was, he became very, very important over there. You got to have a good driver. And, and I did, okay? Martin did a great job taking care of me. Um, but, it, uh, but that's, they, they want you to preach. And, and that's the way you communicate the gospel is you, you preaching, you know. So, all right, let's go to our next one. The third is uh, healing the man with leprosy. Uh, while Jesus uh, was... In one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, there are the two major questions that people have about God are, are bound up in, in this one here. Now, the leper... Is is thing if God is willing? That's 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 one. And the second is God able. Now he says God is able, so he's covered one of those in in his faith of understanding God. But what does he think? He's concerned. Yes, if he's willing. And and that's that's a concern that people have. Number one, is God able? Now, you have that covered over and over again. To me, in the Old Testament, it becomes clear. That, you know, it, God is able to take us to the promised land. Uh, when it comes time to cross the Jordan, God is able to give us the promised land. God is able. God can work in and through his people. But here, he, he's not questioning God's ability, but he's questioning is he willing to help me? That's, that's a tough, that, that's really tough to, to deal with. Is he, is he willing to help me? Is, is God willing to be concerned enough about me to give me the help that I need? Go ahead, Joan. You got to speak up a little bit. That's his, that's his question. God is not only able, he is willing to help, and Jesus demonstrates that here, okay? That's one of the things Jesus... Now, what's the two questions most people have about God? Is he able, number one, and is he willing, number two? Uh, that's, that's, the number, that's the two major questions that we have about God, especially when it comes to healing, right? Especially when it comes to healing and that kind of thing. 
God is able, is he willing? Okay. Uh, uh, <clears throat> okay. Um, and Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Now this, now he's touching an untouchable here. Okay, I, th- I thought you were kind of hinting at that when when you were uh, when you were talking to Jonah, uh, and and it, and for Jesus, it does the, the situation doesn't mandate him to touch the man. So, yeah, um, because Jesus can heal at a distance, uh, and we we have we have a record of that where uh, I think it's an army officer tells Jesus, you, okay, you know what. Uh, uh, army officer tells Jesus, "Oh no, you tell the man. You 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 tell the man. You don't have to come, Jesus. We're good. Uh, but you, because I understand authority, I tell the man to uh, come. He comes. I tell him to leave, and he leaves. And so uh, he he's saying, Jesus, what all you do is say the word, and and it, it will be done. So so he doesn't have to touch the man." So, but what does he do? He touches him anyway. This is, I think, just a tender, loving, caring Jesus at his best in this this particular situation, very best, uh, in which he reaches out and gives us. Um, it's been some time ago now. I was reading, and uh, a doctor was not complaining. Now he wasn't complaining. He was just taking observation that very often. The patient that he was seeing just wanted to be touched by another human being. Go ahead. Very, very caring, just a tender, loving display of the heart of Jesus Christ. Well, go ahead, Ian. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's great stuff, yeah. There, there was a boundary, but Jesus didn't see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of cautious, and but, but but if I can, I hug you. And I'm, I, you know, I. But I don't hug everybody. Okay. Not everybody wants a hug. <laughs> so, but uh, that, but human touch. Don't underestimate the human touch. Okay. And. And and try to have the courage to reach out to people, and and touch them. Okay. Uh, and uh, Jesus and Jesus touched the man and said, "I am willing." He said, "Be clean." And immediately the leprosy left him. That's a great story there. Okay. And we're not done yet. We we have a few few other things to do here with us. Now remember, Jesus is helping the man. 
And how does he do that? He, he not only heals the man, but he touches him. Okay? Now he's going to do something else for him. Okay? Go there. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses command for cleansing as a testimony to them. Now Jesus says, you go offer the sacrifices that are necessary. Now, why would Jesus tell him to do that? We know that he's already clean, he's already cleansed. Why would Jesus tell him to do that? Jesus is making sure this person's going to be integrated back into society. And the only way he can do that is get a stamp of approval from the priest. And he'll do that by going there, showing himself officially clean, offer sacrifices, and then he'll be inserted back into society. Okay? That's, uh, again... This is seeing the understanding that Jesus have, has of us human beings, that we need other people. We need to be in a society, some kind of culture, some kind of setting that, that we need that, okay? And he's making sure that the man has that and knows how to do that because we're going to insert him back into uh, the normal society, back into his home. Uh, hopefully, it's not gone by this time. And uh, okay. okay, the man begged Jesus. Jesus was willing, and Jesus touched him. Then show yourself uh, uh, to the priest. Okay. Two things that uh, most people are concerned about God. Two things. All right, I hear you. Okay, I heard some of it anyway, but some of that would just, I don't want to know. Okay, my kids are always on to me for mumbling like that because if something doesn't go my way, I go. <laughs> no. All right, yeah. To getting back in society, because he has to get that stamp of approval from the priest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the the law called for him to make sacrifices, and and the priest is the one who would diagnose uh, that that a person is untouchable, and so he he needs to be released from from that to be in society. Yeah, yeah, uh, clear his record. That's a good way to. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah. Doctors are not thought very highly of during this time. Okay, the priest was the one that made those decisions, those distinctions. And uh, okay, uh, again, I just want to point you toward the Old Testament, <laughs> and you know, try try to keep yourself in that Old Testament some. Okay. All right, let's go to, uh, what we got, Roman numeral four now? Yeah. 
All right. Uh, one day Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. That would be an experience to be in that, that meeting. That would be quite an experience there. So people came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I think there was some engineers at work here who figured out where Jesus was in the house and how to get this man down there. Uh, this is not an easy task. I mean, if you just uh, think about it, you know, logistically, uh, this is not an easy task to do this. It's, it's, it's a difficult task. I'm sorry? Did they repair it? Now that I don't know. Some people have that concern. <laughs> I've been teaching on this text, and people say, you know, they just tore up a guy's house? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so they let him down through, through the roof. Uh, what, what would you say about these four guys? I give them the number four, okay, because... They're what? <laughs> Bold, focused, determined. <laughs> yeah. determined. Oh, determined. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. They. They must. Yeah. They must have faith that the uh, the end will justify the means. Yeah. Joey. Right. And, 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 and the, the story expresses their really care for this man, you know, to, to go to the, these extreme measures to, to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, does anybody know about the structure of this roof? I don't know much about that, okay? But I assume it would be like a thatch roof. Oh, okay. So, so there might have been like a floor up there. So you take, take up the floor. Okay, let's go to our next slide. Yes. How would um, that, what, what's happening here, 
I found that amazing too about the text. Okay, if you if if you can't hear Phil Bauer back there, okay, he's <laughs> yeah, he's you, you, would you you do it better than I do? Cause I just say that the most important thing I found about this scripture through my walk is that when we see people that need help. We don't have to ask them if they're a believer first to pray for their healing or whatever the needs are. Because here, it was just four guys that had the faith. doesn't say anything about the paralyzed man, whether he had faith, whether he was a believer, believed that he, Jesus would heal him or nothing. So it gives, it gives us the hope and I also think the authority that when we see something like this, and people that need it, whether we know they're believers or not, has no bearing on it. Because God came for the world. Amen. Amen. Now, when Jesus saw their faith, well, who's the there? Who's the they? Yeah. Yeah. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) I I don't want to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee or anything like that, okay? But even I am thrown for a loop here. Your sins are forgiven. He never asked for forgiveness. We don't know if he's demonstrated any faith. And Jesus is doing it because of why? It looks... Like in the text, Jesus is doing it. Why? On the four. Because of the four. So, so there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on here. Lots of things going. I believe you also said that because he knew what the thought processes were for the people there, and people believed then that the sickness and illnesses came from sin. That's what they would say. That's what they would say. Yeah, yeah, he's, t- he's talking to the, to, to the man in, in the cot or whatever. Let's, yeah, he's talking, yeah. Your friend, yeah, yeah, and, and again, that, that's why I'm. You know, anyway, as a side note, uh, all the roofs of the homes in the Middle East are uh, covered with tiles because people at night, summertime, they sleep. They they have mattresses and they sleep on the roof of their of their building. There you go. Yeah, that's helpful. Very helpful. And you knew, Jesus knew what this was going to do. Oh, all these Pharisees, they, they, some of them are there for no purpose other than this. I mean, they just, they just fell into it here. The Pharisees and the teachers of law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? There you go, man. They know who can be forgiven and who can't and who's going to do it and when they're going to do it. They got it. They got her down path. Okay. 
Yes, sir, they do. And, and it's not like Jesus is this great mind reader here either. You know what these guys are thinking. You know what's coming next. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was going to uh, try to get uh, uh, some way to say that is uh, Jesus knows he's, as pastor said here, uh, Jesus is pushing their buttons, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh. Oh, 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 of course, some of them are saying, now we got you. <laughs> we got you now. Others are saying, oh, they're just outraged, you know. They just, yeah. All right, yeah, okay. Jesus knew what they were thinking. He asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? It's a good, that's a great question. You know, why, why do you think the way you do? Have you ever really been wrong thinking? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, and and that would be an important distinction too, uh, uh, because they, all the decisions are made in the heart. Yeah. And. And we got the answer, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Here's another great question, Jesus. And I'd, I'd like you to answer it before we go any further. Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? Do, do you want to answer that question? <laughs> Anybody want to answer that question? Which is easier to say? Easier to say to get up and walk. I'm sorry? Easier to say from the non-controversial standpoint than get up and walk. Well, you didn't ask for the non-controversial one here. <laughs> I'm sorry? He's not asking what you can see here. Oh, well, let's, let's try it out. Let's just try it out. We'll do an experiment. We'll try it out. Your sins are forgiven. Take up your pallet and walk. I'm thinking now. About disease. One seems about easy to say as the other. <laughs> The light went on back there. I see that go on, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry? Go ahead, Tom. Yes. Yeah. But actually does both of them. Yeah. He actually... Yeah, he did both of them. 
I, I think you should ask yourself every once in a while, which is easier to say? Just, just ask yourself that. I, I'm not talking about right here, although we're going we're gonna to still work with this here. And he says, I'm just talking about your life, which is easier to say. Um, I, I, <laughs> yes, you better. <laughs> you please can for people listening in. Oh, hey. Yeah. So I referenced the from Mark 2, 9 and 10, and it says, can you hear me? Which is easier? Question mark. Jesus points to probably that it is easier to say your sins are forgiven since saying get up and take your mat and walk requires the man to prove it by doing it. On the other hand, forgiveness of sins cannot be proven or disproven. Let me see, which is easier to say, you're dumb, you're stupid, and you don't know what you're doing, or you'll probably figure it out and you're actually smart enough to do this? Which is easier to say? What you say is important. And what you're willing to say is important. Okay? Now, G we're, we'll come back to this, okay? I just noticed our time here. We'll, we will come back to this. Okay, we'll come back to this. I don't know whether we'll get to this exact spot or not. I hope not. I, but sometimes it's just as easy to say this as it is to say that. So why don't you just say the best? Okay, take the best and leave the rest. And just ask yourself, and don't get caught and bogged down, can I do that or not, or that, you know, it's easy to prove or it's not. No, it's just what are you willing to say? Just, just focus on that, what Jesus asked, which is easier. Okay, we good? We'll come back. We'll come back. I'm, I run a little over. I'm sorry about that. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus challenges us all the time. And Lord, might we learn to do better. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen.